we're falling behind. And what we need mostly to do now is raise awareness of the fact that we're missing out on those benefits. We've got to increase enthusiasm for local food and beverages and other things that we can be making for ourselves here in Nova Scotia. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Anuj. And you're listening to the Just Good Business Podcast. It's a show about amplifying the voices of social enterprises, the humans behind them, and the journey they are on. Join us as we learn from Nova Scotia's social enterprises. Hearing what inspired them to take the unusual path for doing social good, creating prosperity beyond profit. Let's explore Nova Scotia's world of social entrepreneurship together. Who knows? You may be closer to running your own social enterprise than you think. Farmworks is a community-based and owned investment cooperative that is committed to food sovereignty and security for Nova Scotians. Its vision, healthy farms, healthy food for all Nova Scotians. Farmworks has over 500 member shareholders, investing over $5.2 million through 12 offers in the last 11 years since 2012. As of March 2023, it has extended low-cost credit to hundreds of small businesses and farms worth $8.5 million. Local restaurants and cafes, food stores and farm markets, seed growers, brewers, and cider makers. We are excited to learn with you today about this rather unique Nova Scotian investment cooperative from its founder, Linda Best. So she played a big part in founding Farmworks back in 2012 and is a hugely knowledgeable and passionate human. We thoroughly enjoyed this chat as we got to speak with Linda, who kind of truly held court, sitting in an incredibly comfy, cozy looking chair by her fireplace in the valley. And maybe more than any other episode, Anuj and I really sat back and listened. So lucky for you, he and I played the role of relatively silent observers here. So on that note, enough for me. Let's dive right in. Linda Best, let me say that our fellow board members, Sheena and Andy Horsnell, were incredibly jazzed that we're going to be chatting with you. So count us excited for this conversation and ready to learn alongside you here. So um, let's start from the start before we get too far into it here. Uh, and if you could, could you please tell us about the FarmWorks origin story? I grew up on a farm. I graduated from Acadia. I worked as a medical microbiologist. I then had my own research lab. I moved back to the valley and I thought, oh, gracious. Even though I had been in the valley on many weekends for 10 years looking after a um, an orchard on what had been our family farm, I suddenly realized back in 2008, 7, 8, uh, things are not going well. When I was growing up, 60% of the food or more that we ate uh, was being produced here in Nova Scotia. As I became reacquainted once I'd moved back to Greenwich um, with the farmers that I'd known growing up, I realized that things are not going so well. 
In 2009, I, with the help of a number of other people, put together a Nova Scotia food summit at the Old Orchard Inn here in Greenwich. We had 42 speakers and um, uh, about 250 people attended. We even had information morning there on the Monday morning that it ended. And I have the transcript, everything that was said, uh, I transcribed over the next couple of months. And when I go back and look at that now, uh, I'm, I'm not impressed and I'll come back to that. So at the end of that session, we decided that there should be a Nova Scotia Food Policy Council. We established that, it became very bureaucratic and um, sort of fell apart. But in the meantime, I had learned about the Community Economic Development Investment Fund program that was supported by um, tax credits through the provincial government and uh, federal tax credits through the federal government. So we met, a group of us met for uh, a, oh, about three, four months here in my living room and we put together the elements, came up with the name FarmWorks Investment Cooperative Limited and we moved from there to be registered and we ha uh, had our first offer in in 2012. So that was all leading up to 2012 um, and there's a whole bunch of amazing information there. I'm not going to get into the your knowledge of honey crisps and 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 I come from a I'm the fourth generation of apple farmers out in in uh, in in Quebec uh, just outside of Montreal actually but not going to get into all of that fun stuff because I am curious to hear so people are sitting around your living room and you come up with FarmWorks Cooperative um, in 2012 and tell us about now then what does FarmWorks look like now is it the same is it uh, is it just the same but bigger or like what does FarmWorks look like now in 2023 it looks essentially the same because the um, CEDAF program uh, does not change the tax credits and the reporting re requirements. We, we, need, we needed right from the very beginning to have um, a very careful, um, pay very careful attention to the funds because those are shareholder funds. So what has changed is the the amount of money. The first year we raised 224000 The second year, about the same. Uh, last year, we raised uh, 500, basically 575000 So in total, we have raised um, $5.2 that money goes out at 6%, still at 6%. This is patient capital. And um, we've been asked by other lenders why we haven't put that, uh, that interest rate up. We don't have to do that because this is patient capital. People have invested. They have gotten their 35% for the first five years, 20% for the second five, and 10%. Uh, some now are going into that um, that third five-year period. People who invest through RRSPs uh, in that first year get that um, that uh, uh, federal tax credit that's 
30-35%. So as a retired banker said uh, very early on, this is a win-win-win. It's a win for the investor because they get that tax credit. It's a win for the um, for the people that we are able to lend the money to, and it's a win for the economy. So we have um, we've raised that amount, and we have made I think we've made over two hundred and fifty to three hundred loans to over one hundred and fifty businesses. One of the key things about FarmWorks was that that our our vision is healthy farms healthy food however we realized early on that people um may in agriculture the farmer may not always have access to the people who are going to be the the proponents of what they're growing We've lost sight as a society, generally and specifically, of the um, the basket of benefits. There's a term for us: the basket of benefits that we derive from eating good, healthy food. So we started supporting farmers, but very quickly realized that we need to support the people who are supporting the farmers. We need, and Nova Scotia is, um, as are some other provinces, um, then we're missing the pieces in the middle. We're missing the, the food processing, the abattoirs, the distribution systems, because we have fallen, and I used to say that, that we were uh, importing 85% of our food, but uh, various articles in the paper recently have been saying we're importing 90% of our food. To go back to what I said about the food summit, at that point, I was probably saying we were importing 80% of our food. If you look at one of those graphs that show what's happening with the food system, the consolidation across the whole of the food system, and you see that thousands of smaller companies have been um, have been um, um, bought up by the larger corporations and you realize that that we're not in charge of our food anymore so early on we were, were beginning to to understand this challenge and so we started supporting restaurants and uh, I would, um, I, I am, of course, prejudiced, but I think that the restaurants supported by FarmWorks are some of the very best in Nova Scotia for a number of reasons, uh, wonderful people who operate them, but also the food that they're providing, because our requirement of them is that they do their very best to use as much local as possible. I'm going to go way back. Uh, when I was growing up on the farm, my father was driving. He probably within five miles, he was able to find um, enough of the food that he needed to fill his two-ton truck to go to the city, to the stores and the restaurants. So I still have that as in in, in my um, um, psychological DNA. And so we, we're not there now. So we're falling behind 
And what we need mostly to do now is what you folks are doing. Raise awareness. Raise awareness of the fact that that we're missing out on those benefits. We, we've got to um, increase enthusiasm for local uh, food and beverages and other things that we can be making for ourselves here in Nova Scotia. I just saw a piece in the paper uh, this morning um, talking, or yesterday maybe, talking about the the loyalty with the, with food price increases. The brand loyalty is decreasing. Well, does that give us a possible little um, opportunity to wiggle our way in there with more local food? I hope so. How's that for an answer? Beautiful. Thank you, Linda. There is a passion there. There is an activism there. There is a vision there. Do you think that any passion came through with that, Anuj? I didn't hear any passion <laughs> in any of that answer. Uh, what we are hearing from you, Linda, is that while it started with uh, focus on farm and farming, uh, very quickly, you expanded into the whole value chain of farm system and farming system and food system, and getting into distribution, getting into processing, getting into uh, you know retail, uh, you know, uh, looking at the consumers themselves. Uh, so, in in doing so, you are supporting a whole set of actors, uh, creating local economy. So, how do you make uh, investment decisions? when a particular entrepreneur comes to you? What social indicators uh, do you look at to make the decision that, yes, this is an entrepreneur that we would support or not support uh, for that matter? What kind of uh, matrix do you use in making those decisions? Well, as you phrase the question first, the key is very carefully. And we do a huge amount of due diligence because one of the one of the uh, parameters of the CETA program is that we can't take equity. And it's absolutely crucial that we know who we're working with. I want to understand who they are, what they're doing, why they're doing it, how they're doing it, and where. And basically, who, why, where, when, how, the this, this, this standard knowledge base we need an application form that tells us as much as possible. Um, based on that, we will reach out and say, well, there, this may not work so well for us. Uh, or yes, we're, you're, 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 you're off to a good start in our view. So then we need a business plan, uh, past um, financials, if they have been in that or another business in the past. We need to know what their projections are. Um, I can think of instances where the projections were such that I'm thinking, uh, okay, we have to have a conversation about this. Um, we've had projections where I've thought, uh, I think you're going to exceed those. Those are the ones I like to, to see that are realistic. Uh, we need to know the personal financial position, credit scores, and anything else that, that we possibly can know. Years ago, I asked one of our first clients, uh, what's your vision for your business? What's your vision for Nova Scotia? 
if those fit together, then you're probably going in the right direction. And so once we've collected all of that information, then we have three of the directors do a, um, a deep dive. It, uh, we get some complaints because to go through all of the information that we get and, um, and collate that answering, I think there's 26 questions that, that the directors answer. Then um, Nadia, who works with us and, and or I put together a board summary that goes out to all of the directors who were required to vote. Occasionally we get some, some pretty solid uh, responses. Um, usually if we've hit the client and, and, the, and the reviewers have done um, their job, um, it goes through and it doesn't take us too long. We haven't on occasion um, gone through all that process in as little as a few days. And um, I think of some of our people that we've worked with who have, uh, we've spent up to a year with them because they've been developing the business with our help as they went forward. And um, so we do the best we can to accommodate the client and there's been a couple applicants that we have actively discouraged because we knew that it wasn't going to be a great fit. But I think that there's maybe one time out of all of those people that we've ever had to turn anybody down. If they've got the uh, intent and the ability and, and other financing if necessary, We'll work with them until we get them to the point where where they can uh, proceed. So give us uh, our listeners an example of when especially the social alignment did not work and you you did not continue the relationship. Uh, give us examples of the, these businesses that you, that you actually have invested in and what do they look like and, and what function do they perform in the local food system? We have such a broad range of clients. I think that um, if, if you were to go to, the, to our website and look at the requirements and uh, look specifically at the questions we ask on our application form, you'll see that we are intending to have people pay close attention to uh, the environment, to community, to the quality of life that, that, that our clients would intend to inspire, promote for their employees. We have the good fortune to work with some of the very best people in this province. More recently, there are a number of organizations that, that I am now involved with that are um, starting to provide more support for entrepreneurs in the province. I would um, suggest that um, people are waking up to the fact that um, small-scale entrepreneurs are the heart of our economy. And if you um, are happen already to be familiar with um, uh, Michael Schumann, 
in uh, the United States who has become a friend and the work he's doing with relocalization. I can't I can't recall exactly the specifics, but I'll I'll just throw one out there. Something like seventy percent of uh, of economic uh, return within um, any given area is uh, due to small scale. It may be it may be higher than that, due to small scale with with uh, companies that employ zero to five or ten people. I'm able to do what I do because I have a bit of a uh, pension from the years that I worked uh, in in medical microbiology before I started doing research. I have that pension because I walked into the lab, was told every day what where, which lab I was working in, was trained in that lab, had the manual to follow, had supervisors and so on and so forth. That's not an option for people starting a business. And I had a call from somebody who, who is a, a lender last night asking me, please, can you help me to understand what this person, what this business that's applied to them uh, needs to be able to, to do to meet certain regulatory requirements? She couldn't, that person couldn't find the information she needed to provide to the, the client. One of the key things that we do, um, we try very hard to provide the the information to track it down. Sometimes it's not available. Sometimes there are real serious gaps between different departments when it comes to starting your businesses. Sometimes there are serious gaps between municipal and uh, provincial regulations. So that takes a lot of our time. But one of the things, and I once it's available, I will be sending you a, a copy of our most recent um, survey. Um, a lot of people really appreciate the fact that that I, for one, and, and other directors, have a lot of knowledge about what's going on in Nova Scotia. We do our best to make those connections between between other organizations. FarmWorks sometimes is the lender who allows people to get the money they need from, from other lenders. So we're, we, I guess you'd kind of say that we're, we're trying to be the one-stop shop. <clears throat> Excellent. Can you quickly tell us the numbers a little? You are cost leader. You have not increased your lending rate. Uh, uh, you know, the market has changed. The, the, the risks have changed. Uh, and you need to keep your your lights on and you need to pay your bills how do you balance those numbers uh, give us a sense of your revenue uh, your expenses just a broad ballpark well last year we brought in uh, in interest payments over oh i think it was $220,000 and Nadia started working for us last fall she was a client she's um, we're we're very fortunate to have her before that I was mostly doing it myself with with the help of uh, a um, a retired chartered accountant and a bookkeeper and our other CA firm, and um, we operate out of. Um, I'm actually in the rec room in my house, and this is basically our office. Amazing. Uh, last, year, 
Last year, we started paying me something for for the use of my house. But we're all in this to make a difference. And so the directors, we're all all volunteers other than, than Nadia. And so our administrative costs are what they are. There are some costs, of course, associated with traveling around the province in January and February to interest people in farm works, in investing in farm works, and the usual costs for, um, well, for example, last, next week, we're going to be at the uh, Saltscapes um, exposition in um, Halifax to raise more awareness, not so much of farm works as of food. As I said, we need to get people enthusiastic about food. So our expenses, we we keep them as low as possible, and we do we do our very best to make sure that our clients succeed, because if they succeed, we succeed. Isn't that something, Matt? Oh, it's something all right. So I do want to circle back just to one thing, because when when you had so eloquently flipped the question on Anuj previously, you mentioned can you name another organization that's impacting both vertically and horizontally. Um, the food sector in Nova Scotia. Can you just like briefly describe what that means? The Department of Agriculture does not have a responsibility directly for, for health. In Nova Scotia, way, way, way too much of our money goes to fix health. I was on the board of Capital Health for four years and I realized then we're not going to control health care costs until we fix food. If you were to um, look at at, um, some of the videos and the books written by people like Dr. Chris Van Tulliken, who discuss the amount of um, ultra-processed food that we're consuming. To go back to that that map that I was describing uh, that shows the aggregation of uh, food, food businesses, it's, it's a very clear indication of the fact that we really do need to pay a hell of a lot more attention to what we eat. We really do need to know that if you're eating food that's been on a truck, uh, picked before it was ripe uh, and traveled um, a few thousand kilometers, um, you're not getting the the best of the nutritional qualities compared to eating food that's grown right here, picked at the peak of freshness on land that's been properly augmented with the right kind of organic matter. I'd love to get into challenges that you may have faced along the way. And you've very eloquently spoken to the fact that you've been able to challenge and work with um, you know, the optimistic entrepreneur who's over forecasting, who's who, you know, needs your judgment and perspective and challenge to be able to be a little bit more realistic and ultimately be able to work together. Is that something that just came inherently to you? Or I'm just wondering about any challenges that you may have faced that you can speak to over the course of the last 10, 11 years? I think the biggest challenge, as, as I was um, alluding to earlier, was seeing that despite the work that FarmWorks has done, we, along with every other province and country, we've been going in the wrong direction. That consolidation 
of all of the pieces of our food system to the point where in Nova Scotia, we have a federally inspected uh, uh, chicken processing abattoir or chicken abattoir and a lamb abattoir, but no red meat abattoir. So the biggest challenge that, that I've seen is the overall issue with where our food comes from, with seeing communities diminish. Between five and 10 years ago, you would frequently see articles suggesting that everybody move into growth centers, that we not try to maintain a critical infrastructure um, in, in smaller communities. As one farmer I talked to um, a year ago said about his, his grandchildren, he said, we've got to get them back into three dimensions. Two dimensions is separating people. We've got to interact amongst ourselves. And when you read, I, I did read, and this was interesting, that something like 10% of uh, people in the UK volunteer for something or other. I have no idea what that what that number is in Nova Scotia, but it's not there anymore. And there's so many volunteers who are aging out. We have the good fortune to have some younger people on our FarmWorks board. We hear about so many organizations that just can't do anymore what they used to do. And for example, there's a, a, there's a food provision um, organization in HRM that uh, the person who's been, I think more or less uh, carrying that on her shoulders is now looking for somebody because she's it's time for her to step back from that. So we need to reconnect people. One of the best places to connect people is around the table. My friends used to refer to our house in Somerset uh, as the community uh, center because there were always extra people uh, at our table. And Life was good for our family and for our community. Um, that little community at that time had three stores, tiny community with three stores, um, one of them only for a few of those years. The other two, some people preferred to go to this one, some people for, preferred to go to that one, but they all came together. They all were part of the community. You do want to make sure that you you have ways of bringing people together. And that's one of the things that, that will help us to get back the kind of society that, that we need. Well said. I would like to take a, a short pause, uh, Linda, and ask you to, to think about policymakers who are to be listening to you. What, what messages would you like to give them? What kind of reflections would you like to share with them? In the first part of November, I'll be speaking at the Social Finance Forum in uh, Ottawa. I have a, a, a friend, colleague who started the Fair Finance Fund based roughly on FarmWorks in Ontario. The reason I'm speaking at the Fair Finance uh, Forum is um, that at the end of the forum last year, the recommendation from the food-related panel was that the CEDA program be made available 
right across from North America. And I've had many conversations with people in American states as well as in various places in Nova Scotia. We need to invest in ourselves. I read an article a number of years ago that pointed out that about 3% of investments actually puts boots on the ground, actually is ensuring that we create things for ourselves. Last year, I think the R and the RSP money that left Nova Scotia was somewhere in the order of $1 billion. FarmWorks, of the 575,000 we brought in, probably something over 200,000 of that was RSPs. There are a couple other active CDFs at this point in Nova Scotia. They would have kept some of that money there. The money is rising to the top, apart from the little tiny bit that we can invest. Woody Tash from Slow Money said, if you don't care if your money goes up smokestacks in other jurisdictions, then keep doing what you're doing. Our aim, and it's difficult to ensure that you're able to work Collegially with other financial uh, organizations, um, they may not realize that every dollar that they allow shareholders to invest in Nova Scotia is actually helping them to build their portfolios. It's been very difficult for us to get that across to them. It's very difficult to encourage people in the face of financialization to realize it's difficult to make people uh, in in government realize that by investing in ourselves you are helping to accomplish all of those things that they are trying so hard to do through taxation encouraging people to invest in what they believe in in what they need that's that's the pitch i want to make Beautiful, Linda. Uh, this has been my life's studentship of how do we make community finance work at the community level. Uh, they know the best. They can make those decisions. Amazing. Um, I think uh, we have just begun to uh, scratch uh, some of the wisdom you have gathered in the last 10, 12 years. Uh, and there's a lot more to talk about and, and learn. But thank you so much. Uh, for sharing those nuggets. And might I add, in a way that's also captivating, Linda, um, you'll notice that my eyes haven't glossed over and we've been talking about taxes for the last five minutes. And usually that's the case, but we're talking about creating an opportunity to have an impact right here at home. Um, thank you so much, Linda, for taking the time this morning, taking the time out of your schedule for chatting here today. Thank you to our listeners for listening. I mean, I'm sure that you'll be reaching out. Please feel free to reach out um, as listeners on our social media directly to us with any questions you may have. We will make sure that we will likely have to include an appendices here to some of the references that you've made here to this conversation because there's so many resources, including a link to your website, first and foremost, and some of the other um, uh, thought leaders that you've been able to, to, to bring to our attention here today. But we'll make sure we include that in the release. So follow along. 
This is a prime example of putting prosperity beyond profit and truly having an impact right here at home. Thank you, Linda. Listeners, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Full disclosure, we left this episode fired up with new ideas about how we can help amplify and educate as a podcast. So we only kind of briefly touched on the CDIF model, which you can look into by Googling a C-E-D-I-F Nova Scotia and flow through to the province's Security Commission website, amongst others. We are considering the potential of a multi-episode deep dive on the model. If that's of interest to you, let us know. Linda indeed is the best. This was an amazing learning journey with her. This once again reminded us what a small group of people can achieve if they put their minds to it. Next time you swipe your card to buy food, please remember to support local farm and food entrepreneurs. It is not only good for the economy, but also for our environment and our communities. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to tune in for more. I'm Matt. And I'm Anuj. And this has been Just Good Business Podcast. Thank you.